The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on Crawl Call, we're live with absolutely no idea what we're going to be talking about except to say that it's television. So tune in for live insanity right now on Crawl Call. everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Kroll Call. For those of you that are watching me on Periscope, I see you. We're doing this first. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Kroll. If you are watching me on Periscope, though, you won't be able to hear the other side of the conversation. So maybe put it on mute and go to krollcall.com slash live for the audio. That might work. I don't know. It's the first time we're doing it. Anyway, to let everybody know, this is Kroll Call. This, some of you asked what happened to Soap Central Live. This is Soap Central Live. We've changed the name so we can talk about more fun things in addition to the soaps that we love. We're going to be doing that today. We'll be starting off talking about some soaps. We will go on to the current primetime season, and then we're going to talk about the fall television season. I know, fall already, and the current season hasn't quite yet ended. How did today's show come about? Well, I had a guest. I had a lot of guests lined up for today's show. One is unfortunately under the weather. One had to cancel because they got a job, which is really exciting for them. Not so much for me because, well, we are left with the show. And I was going to air an encore. We have so many great shows to choose from. But someone told me that that would be the easy way out and that really... It would be a low bar if I aired a broadcast. That person is the prodder. He's like, remember the the, the Pillsbury Doughboy commercials where somebody's always poking the Doughboy and he goes, (laughs) Richard Sims is the finger that pokes the Pillsbury Doughboy. Richard Sims, executive editor of Soaps in Depth, are you there somewhere in the, the ethers chatting with me? Are you there? I am here. I am broadcasting from. You're broadcasting live on Periscope. I'm broadcasting from my secret location in Midtown Manhattan. And no, it is not the Ninth Avenue Saloon, although it's very close to the Ninth Avenue Saloon. And I'm not going to lie. I did consider doing it from there. I am not going to lie. I thought a lovely, refreshing beverage while doing the show would be nice, but the jukebox is probably going to be a little too loud. So I am here. I'm glad to be live. I'm always glad to hang out with you. We always have fun. So. Yay! So there are folks who are now just finding the Periscope thing. And again, for those of you, if you are watching on Periscope, my broadcast handle on there I think is at Dan J. Kroll, at least for now. You can watch me. You can't see what Richard's up to because he's not (laughs) Periscoping that. (laughs) Well, that's another issue for an entirely different time. But the audio on there will only be me. So if you want to enjoy the full aspect of the show, uh, you need to go to crollcall.com slash 
live to listen to the broadcast. This is just a video of me. I figured it was something fun to do that you could watch and, and see what sort of shenanigans and perhaps product placements are going to end up in the course of this show. So, Richard, uh, a lot has been going on this week uh, outside of, of television. Uh, I made mention. Well, yeah, there has, but first I want to ask you a question. So, you know, you're live on Periscope, so people can watch you. Did you, like, pick an outfit, or did you just be like, okay, whatever I'm wearing right now is what I'm wearing? Well, it's not Burberry today. Um, it's just a regular T-shirt. It's a blue T-shirt some jeans, you know, it, it, it's Friday, it's Kroll Call. We really don't have a dress code here, just as long as you have clothing. Oh, dear. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, it's right a good back. thing you're not at the Ninth <laughs> Avenue Saloon. If I, you don't would also, I would also like to, if you don't mind, do a really quick plug and product placement, because oh. um, it includes one of our favorite things. Um, for those of you who don't know, and most of you do, because I think most, most people like kind of probably follow me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. I don't mean most people in the world. I mean most people who we share in common. Um, if you don't, though, you can find me at facebook.com slash Trelfie, T-R-A-L-F-I-E. And the reason I'm saying that right now is... Is um, Sunday is the I don't know gazillionth annual AIDS walk. It's been going on far too long, sadly, because um, you know AIDS is still something that we have to think about in this world, sadly. Um, but every year they do the AIDS walk, and I'm doing the AIDS walk in New York and uh, raising money for it. And this year, to do something a little bit different to get people to sponsor me, um, I put together a fun little prize package. And you know, this is not something like the prizes, right? We're going to get a million dollars in a car uh, if you you know, figure it out. But I, what I'm doing is I'm putting everybody who donates, uh, who sponsors me, I'm putting their names in a hat. On Monday's uh, edition of Tune In Tomorrow, I'm going to draw a name, and the winner's going to get a prize package. And it's it's got some really fun stuff in it. It's got some brownie brittle in it, because, you know, what would it be if it didn't have brownie brittle? And it's got a copy of my book and a copy of Charlie's book and just a bunch of really fun and silly stuff, including, if you're a fan of Glee, an actual pile from McKinley High School that um, the show sent out uh, after the, uh, to, to promote the final season. So if you're interested in either sponsoring me or in just, you know, <laughs> sending me 10 bucks so you can be entered to win this, this, this uh, fabulous prize package, please head over to facebook.com slash Trelfie, T-R-A-L-F-I-E, and you'll find my information there. And thank you, Dan, for letting me do that. Oh, absolutely, because it is, I mean... The, the nurse's ball, even all these years later, is still doing its part to, on, on General Hospital, which we'll talk about, to bring awareness of HIV AIDS. Um, like you said, it, it's one of those things that it seems so strange to still be talking about it, but it's also different in how just in the last, what, 30 years or so, the way that it's being discussed. Uh, I, I remember... You know, when it was don't use public toilets because you'll, you'll get AIDS to now where it's, uh, HIV is manageable. That's a whole different topic for, uh, for another, dis- uh, another show, which I know that we are really going to talk about here on Crow Call in the future. But for now, Richard, let's do what we do best. Let's talk a little bit about television. There was a lot going yeah. on in the world of daytime. Uh, some of the notes that I have written down here on my handy-dandy uh, notepad is General Hospital broadcasting live today the bold and the beautiful the announcement is out maya has kind of sort of told rick her truth Uh, there was an interesting comment about 
tabloid magazines today on The Bold and Beautiful. Victoria Rowell is back in the news with more of her uh, lawsuit against CBS and Sony. There was an interesting interview from Michael Logan with Jill Farron Phelps and Chuck Pratt from Y&R. A lot of things to talk there. Uh, Days had a lot of casting news. Where do you want to start? What is the first issue uh, that we need to talk about? And for those of you out there who want to uh, play along, tweet at Kroll Call Show, hashtag Kroll Call. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your questions. And we will try to address them as well. But Richard, which of those stories or something else do you think is, is first on the list? Well, you know, I'm torn. Uh, I, I kind of want to go to Maya first, but because this show was sort of inspired by GH's live episode, I think I think it's I think maybe we start there. All right, let's go for it. What were your thoughts? I'll let you. You're the guest. I thought they did a great job. Um, I thought it was really fun. Some actors. It's weird. Basically, when you're doing a live show, you are doing the same thing you do every day, but there's that fear that, you know, you could do something wrong and it goes live and you don't get a second shot. And some actors, it turned out, just absolutely thrive under those circumstances. Yeah. I, I have been, I know not everybody loves her, but, and, and, and I'll admit, when they, when they announced that they were bringing Rebecca Buttig on, I was like, oh, geez, that's what this show needs yet another character. But Hayden has become one of my favorite characters because she's one of those awesome truth-teller characters. She just says what's on her mind. She's, you know, whether it's whether she's trash-talking someone or she's hitting on someone because she's very sexually liberated. And in today's episode, with you know, and, and a lot of people don't know this, they did it twice. They did it live at uh, 11 o'clock Pacific time, and then they did it again live at 12 o'clock Pacific time because they wanted it to be live in as many markets as possible. When you and I started tweeting, the live tweeting, we were tweeting the 3 o'clock show, which was, was the second of the, of the live episode. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw a lot of people saying, no, no, what you're watching is tape. They thought that the 3 o'clock one was taped. I'm like, no, no, no. they actually... They did it all live, and then they had like a minute and a half to reset, and then they did it all again. But Rebecca Budig just came alive for me. I thought she was incredible. Uh, and I thought, I thought they did a lot of really brave stuff. I mean, to stage a shooting uh, on live television where yeah. anything can go wrong. And there were, there were a couple of little flips. There was, there was a moment when we were in the middle of an Anna... Um, uh, Sabrina scene, and all of a sudden the camera cut to what was clearly, you could tell it was Maurice Bernard's sleeve <laughs> on the other side of the set, uh, on sort the sunny set. Sort of shaking it and off, you could see him jittering and getting ready for the scene. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was like shaking off the nerves kind of thing. It was, it was, but that's the appeal of live television. So I thought they did a great job. I can't wait to see Mondays. It's funny that you mention how Rebecca Budig seemed to come alive and I do have to say, I mean, I think she, that she always does. I think she always brings it. But there's a part of me that, and it, she's on the remote chance that she's listening to this or someone ends up tweeting about this. It's meant mostly in jest. She seems like someone who, if she could and no one would get in trouble and, you know, no one would get fined, she might flash she might say something funny like I, I just get that impression from her like I, I she's so into it and you can tell that she was coming like I get the feeling that if she could get away with being silly and not detract from the show if there was the opportunity that she would have I mean she's kind of fun to watch I've always thought there that. were there were a couple actors like that um Maurice Bernard was totally on his his game I mean there was a tw- him 
uh, Roger Howarth and Rebecca Buttig, they all had a twinkle in their eye. Like, you could tell they were loving this, and they were in the moment. And, and if something went wrong, they were ready to go with it. They didn't care. And I, I just thought it was so fun to... to to know that they were live. You know, I, I, I'm a New York City boy, so I go to a lot of live theater. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting to be watching something live because anything can happen, anything often does happen, Absolutely. but there's also this sense that only a limited number of people are going to see this. Now, it's a little bit different with a show like GH because, of course, they're going to you know, videotape it and put it online or whatever. But still, it's a live, in-the-moment performance. I, I get so excited about that. I do, too. But I think the difference, though, and, of course, we know that I've had folks who are Tony nominees, in fact, on this show, so I respect what they do. I think that there's a little bit... Uh, of a maybe easier aspect to it if you are doing the same thing and you have time to prepare for a a set Mm -hmm. script here I wonder because of the fact that it it is a new script and they did have time to prepare and they certainly rehearsed at General Hospital there is a little bit more of of stress involved in it because of the fact that it is a one and done they well in this case I guess it was a two and done the second time the second live broadcast they really did have a chance to sort of figure out maybe what they wanted to do better from the first one uh, on an individual actor basis Um, so I'm just wondering that and then for folks out there you can also tweet your thoughts on the live GH episodes while we're talking because we are going to go move on to other topics but something that I wondered Richard with this I wonder what the cost breakdown is how much more expensive or was it on par or cheaper to do the live broadcast than it is to do a traditional taped to edit broadcast of gh that's a great question another question i have and i think i know the answer um just logistically is um if you were watching the three o'clock broadcast it was actually interrupted. It was a nationwide was. interruption. It wasn't a local interruption, as it often is. It was a nationwide break-in from ABC News because of the bombing, uh, the, the Boston bombing verdict. I have to assume that on set, they just continued to go as if it was still live. Now, some people who are watching Periscope may be able to, who, who watched it on Periscope may be able to tell us this. But I assume because they didn't know how long that interruption was going to be. And they exactly. had to be... You know, as soon as it came back, they had to be in place and ready to go. So I assume they just kept right on going as if there was no interruption. Some folks in Canada said that they did keep going. My thought was that they would stop since they did have the first 2 o'clock show that they had there and prepared. There was a part of me that wondered, and they did rehearsals, there was a part of me that wondered if they would air some of the taped content in the event that something happened that they needed to cut away or there was a you know a power outage that they could go right to a a taped feed if absolutely necessary only in that situation don't know the answer to that we'll get those we'll work on getting those to you either here uh, on Crow Call, either for Soaps in Depth or for Soap Central. So follow all of those places and you can get the answers I want to go on to something that is equally controversial the Pratt Phelps interviews that Michael Logan conducted, they were, to me, for those of you who want to know where to find them, you can go to tvinsider.com and you can search there for Michael Logan's articles. There's a part of me that was reading this, Richard, and wondered how in the world did CBS or YNR's PR people allow this to be published? I don't know. I mean, there's things in there that I, I can't imagine that 
no one said, e- you know what, print everything else, but take this out. Just my thought. I am right there with you. I mean, all I could think of was you and I have both done many, many interviews where, um, you know, the PR person is sitting on the line and they will come on and they'll be like, yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that. Or they'll call you after the fact and they'll say, no, you can't print that. Um, I, I have to say shout out to Michael Logan because it was a fantastic interview. Oh, it was. Um, it was, it was, it, but, but I, I tweeted him after reading it and said, great job. It was absolutely horrifying, and, you know, because <laughs> the, it, it really, it, it just, the level of, to be honest here, the level of tone deafness that it displayed was terrifying to anyone who is a longtime soap opera fan. You know, it's, it's funny because I'm working on a book right now um, that takes place in the soap opera world. And at the beginning of the book, I have these fake interviews of, of um, various head writers, fake head writers, giving the kind of quotes that, you know, and I made it all up. I wrote this, I wrote this like a year ago. I'm, I'm finishing it up now. And, and it's all supposed to be like things that just no head writer would ever say for real in an interview. And I'm like, there it all is. It's like they read my book and took that part out. I, I was, I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned. Do you think that there's a part though, that it shows the, I mean, I guess you could argue this if you really want to, but if this is the truth and this is their honesty and this is their truth that they're giving in this interview, there is sort of part of me that thinks that that's refreshing because typically when you don't have this sort of candid interview, fans may draw their own conclusions. And this isn't just about soap fans. This is about sports, uh, you know, with something like a deflate gate, uh, anything where you don't have that. And then fans are sort of left to make up their own conjecture about what's really going on or what the executives are thinking. Oh, well, they must think this or they must want to do that. And here... They're really saying what it is, and if you take them at their word, and I don't necessarily have any reason to believe not to because of the things that they're saying in these interviews, at least it's nice to know where you can sort of hang up your opinion on what you're seeing on YNR. I agree one million percent. I mean, I may not have liked what they said, but I completely loved that they said it. You know, I loved that they said it, that it was on the record. Um, and, And here's the thing. I, I try and keep this in mind a lot. Of course, once that interview ran, the internet exploded. You know, Twitter has not stopped talking about it since it start, since part one of it ran. You know, like a week and a half ago, uh, and when part two ran, it it all exploded again. Twitter has been explosive. But here's what I try and keep in mind, and part of this has been really drilled into me because I am, you know, even though I am, you know, I am very active on Twitter. I do a lot of soap tweeting. But I also, I run a magazine, and, and magazines have a completely different uh, audience than does Twitter. A lot of our readers don't know Twitter. They don't know, what, you know, they, they don't know what the Twitter machine is. And it's very easy to get caught up in the echo chamber of Twitter. The real test here is going to be, and uh, is going to be the ratings. If, if, you know, six months from now, the ratings are the same or better, then it really is just all of us old-time fans who happen to be on Twitter. It is just us creating, you know, sort of spinning our own wheels. If if this if this is what the audience turns out to want, and they you know and they start tuning in, and new viewers come in because it's a a different kind of writing for you. Know, but here's a good example: my office life. 
uh, my oldest wife, Colleen, was not really a Young and the Restless viewer. She only started watching very recently, like within the last six months. She loves the show. She absolutely loves it because a lot of the things that we complain about are things that she's completely oblivious to. Like, you know, we can complain that maybe Stitch is acting out of character or Billy is acting out of character. But to her, as a new viewer, she doesn't know that. Good and point. she just likes what she's seeing. So if new people tune in and they like what they see, then, you know, then in the end, I guess they succeeded in doing what they want, which is to get people to tune in and stay tuned in. And then I, you know, then you and I have people like us have to say, oh, my God, we don't know anything about soaps anymore. <laughs> well, you know, everything is subjective. One person likes a couple and, yeah. and everything doesn't. Now, we only have a few more minutes for our soap section of this conversation. But you had mentioned something about the soap audience that's online as opposed to the soap audience that buys the magazines. In this case, the only magazines that really matter are Soaps in Depth, the ABC edition, and the CBS edition. But there was a comment on The Bold and the Beautiful today that I thought was really sort of fascinating. Bill, Bill was mentioning that, you know, okay, so Maya is transgender. It's not a big deal for the fashion world, which I guess it would have been up until a certain point now. Maybe not as much. But he made a comment of the people who buy the Spencer Publication magazines are... His words, folks, housewives who, you know, don't really know better uh, and, and are maybe more traditional or, or more conservative. It was a really interesting comment, and there was a part of me that didn't help but wonder if that was a commentary to some of the folks who have had issues with having a transgender storyline on The Bold and the Beautiful. I don't believe that at all. Um, here's the thing. Bill Spencer is one of the best characters on daytime. Don Diamond, when he came over to The Bold and the Beautiful, did something that's really hard to do. He had played, you know, Brad on the young, Brad Carlson on The Young and the Russells for years and years. When he came over, he instantly, instantly created a completely different persona. I don't see Brad Carlson when I look at Don Diamond. I see Dollar Bill Spencer. And the thing that makes Bill so unique in daytime is, well, I shouldn't say so unique. There are a few characters, and in fact, it's the same thing that I love about Hayden on General Hospital, is he's a truth teller. What really works in this, what's really helping this storyline in my mind a lot, I mean, I love this story, but what's making it, taking it to the next level is Bill, and Bill's politically incorrect talk about Maya. You know, even he even said earlier today, I almost gasped, he said, you know, he, she, whatever. It's so politically incorrect, and it's exactly appropriate both for the character and for the fact that there are people in the world who this is exactly how they would look at it. And Absolutely. Bill doesn't mean it in a demeaning way. He means it in a, you know, this is just, this is just, it's not a big deal to him, and he doesn't really understand all the fuss. As far as the, how, the, the, the remark about housewives, again, that struck me as exactly how Spencer would see it. You know, he, he was looking at this from a money point of view. I'm going to put this on. It's not a big deal in the fashion world. You know, the people who, the people who populate the pages of Ion Fashion, they're not going to give a crap about the fact that Maya is transgender. They probably all work with transgender models or people. But the readers, you know, the, this, he, he basically was speaking a really kind of, a really kind of a harsh truth about the American public. You know, the, the, the majority of America would pick up and read something like this. Look at Bruce Jenner. You put Bruce Jenner on the front page of, of a tabloid, uh, and, and it's going to sell. And well, that's a that really good what, point, because for folks 
We're going to take a quick break, but we're going to have Bruce Jenner when we come back. Not really, but if it gets you to listen to the next half. In the meantime, I'm going on the Periscope machine during the commercial break. See what happens behind the scenes um, right now. But in the meantime, we'll be back with more of Crow Call in just a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey, Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? Well, for 20 years now, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. You can take a peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with other Soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll know who slept with who, who's related to who, and of course, who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, there are exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much, much more. So whether you're watching The Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, or The Bold and the Beautiful, or if you're reflecting on some of the soaps that are no longer with us, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Everybody, welcome back to this week's edition of Crawl Call. It's a live, unscripted, unplanned show. We've got a whole bunch of nonsense and shenanigans going on on Periscope. Have no idea why I decided to do this, but I figured whatever. So instead of having breaks during the show, I'm still doing whatever it is I do. We're talking about TV. We have friend to the show, TV critic. I guess we can call you that, Richard Sims. Richard, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I love what did that you song. every time every time you play your intro song I dance in my chair <laughs> so do I actually I just don't show it on periscope because that would get my show canceled so Richard we are we are almost kind of sort of at the end of the 2014 2015 television season and as is usually the case not all of the television shows will move on to the next season womp womp, womp but this womp. year there's a lot of shows that have been canceled a lot a like lot. a lot, a lot. I mean, I'm looking at the list here, and um, I mean, there are so many that aren't coming back. Do you think? Let me ask you this. Do you I don't think answer there questions. are? Do you think there are too many TV shows? Do you think there are too many channels? Um, you know, and yes. That, and that in a way, that contributes to you know there are only so many eyeballs that can watch any given show, and when you have 500 channels and you know, and cable is putting out so many amazing shows, it, it, it of course the network audience is going to shrink. Do you think that we would be better off with fewer options? Uh, well, I would say yes, and I think that. Crawl Call would, should really be the only online streaming show that anybody should be able to listen to. And yours, tune in tomorrow, of course, on Mondays, typically. Sometimes not, but usually Mondays. <laughs> sometimes not. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it just shows up randomly throughout the week. Uh, no, I, I kind of think that it is. The difference nowadays is that because of the fact that there are so many options, because of the fact that the live viewing audience has shrunk because you can TiVo things or DVR things. I prefer to say TiVo. They were 
first, in my opinion, uh, because you can do that and skip over commercials and things like that. You know, the ad revenue for some shows has gone down, and a lot of shows aren't given the same chances that they would have gotten in the past. It's sort of they'll the networks will cut their losses sooner rather than later. Let me just list off some of the shows that have been canceled this season, and then we'll talk about if there are any surprises. On NBC, A to Z, About a Boy, Allegiance, Bad Judge, Constantine, Marry Me, One Big Happy, Parenthood, Parks and Recreation, State of Affairs, Katherine Heigl. Uh, on Fox, Backstrom, The Following, Glee, Grace Point, The Mindy Project, which just was announced as going to Hulu, Mulaney, Red Band Society, Utopia, mm, Weird Loners. I guess I shouldn't be giving my own little opinions here. But on ABC, Christella, Forever, Manhattan Love Story, Revenge, Resurrection, Selfie, the Taste, oh, The Taste, didn't know that, interesting. Uh, CBS, Battle Creek, CSI, which will have a two-hour series finale in a, a TV movie, The McCarthy's, The Mentalist, The Miller's, Stalker, Two and a Half Men, The CW Canceled, Heart of Dixie, and The Messengers. Richard, any of those that are really surprising to you that will not be coming back? Well, I just realized something as you were reading that list. Apparently, they basically make cancellation decisions based on my personal taste. I only watched, like, <laughs> one of those shows. Which one I, did you watch? I, uh, I watched The Mindy Project. I really liked The Mindy Project. And uh, there was something else, something on, I think it was on ABC's list that uh, that I watched. But, but other than Revenge, that, like, of course. I mean, but- hmm? You watch oh, Revenge. Course, revenge, but. right. Of course, Revenge. Um, revenge, you know, i got to say, the Revenge cancellation ticks me off. Not because ABC canceled it, but because it really, that show killed itself. You know, like, in its, in its second and third season, it just meandered. And, and if you look at the last season, if you look at, especially this last, you know, since they came back, from the midwinter break, if you look at the, the, the show and the stories and everything that went on in the final half of this season, it was fantastic television. Yeah. And the ratings were going up. You know, the ratings were going up. But it was too little too late. And it just annoys me that, that I, I – it's sort of like, you know, what we see on daytime a lot where, where – you know, the audience is telling you what they like and telling you what they don't like, and you're ignoring it, and as a result, you know, you're, you're and, and then everyone's surprised when the numbers go down. But, uh, but yeah, most of those shows, I mean, they're, they're not particularly surprising to me. Are, are, are they to you? Is there anything there that sort of jumps out at you as shocking? There are a couple. I'm not counting in this the shows that made the decision to end. And yes, I know, tomato, tomato, but... Uh, I'm surprised that Christella was canceled only because of the fact that it was really part of that whole uh, TGIF type thing that ABC had, you know, family-friendly comedies. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. I mean, there have been a lot of these sort of, don't send me hate mail, but the sort of these, not corny, but sort of, you know, the family-friendly, the one, like the Full corny. House they types of shows. They are okay. corny. I that mean, have Full been... House was, all those shows are corny. <laughs> Full House was corny, you know, Home Improvement was corny, I mean, step-by-step, step, you know, but they may be corny, but they're family-friendly, and ABC has made, you know, has been doing them for, for years and years and years, and I agree with you. This was this fit really well into that that type of, you know, Friday night programming that they used to do so well. 
I just feel like, you know, it, it wasn't, couldn't have been that expensive to put together. Uh, just my opinion. I, I would have liked to have seen it uh, get at least one more season. I felt that way about The Neighbors, which was also in the same time slots and aired on Friday. I loved it. It wasn't the best show ever, but it was really, really clever. Cristello is like that sort of Roseanne show where you're mm-hmm. not watching for the best acting. You're watching because it's funny, because it, it's, I don't know. I, I like to be entertained. Now, moving on to some of these other shows that I'm looking about, uh, I'm kind of surprised that they made the decision not to air another season of the original CSI and they're just going to end it with a two-hour series finale only because CSI is really responsible for so many of these other shows that we have. You know, the NCISs, the Criminal Minds, all of which have 10,000 different spinoffs of their own. CSI Cyber, mm, I... Mm, I didn't care for the the backdoor pilot, as they call it, when they aired it on the regular CSI. I haven't watched this new season. It's a backdoor pilot. Is that the one that Teen Mom made? (laughs) I don't know. I'm not even, I don't even know what that means, but it sounds like it's a (laughs) Uh, euphemism. When you look at at it, and this is how I try and look at these kind of things, I mean, I was never really a big (laughs) fan of CSI, but um, maybe in the beginning I was. But when you look at that kind of thing, it's, it's at a certain point, it becomes too expensive. You know, the, the shows become more and more expensive as they stay on the air longer. The production fees go up, the, the cast fees go up, the, the fee you have to pay to, the, to the, uh, the licensing fees go up. So if you can successfully launch cheaper spinoffs, you know, where, where they haven't quite picked up yet, you know, you're getting the same basic audience, and I, I, I frankly am so bored to death with procedurals, you know, whether it's CSI or Criminal Minds, which is now getting a spinoff, or, you know, NCIS. I just, they all feel exactly the same to me. I, I agree I with that. I can't tell one from the other. I agree with that. And speaking of that sort of idea of you can't tell them apart, uh, Dylan McDermott has had some problems over there with his most recent show stalker was canceled the last one from last season the uh oh where he was the, oh yeah the president the one where he was holding those people hostages 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 good call was, <laughs> the one where he was holding the people hostage what was it called <laughs> it just hasn't quite gotten it now there's a part of me that thinks you know what that is a sign from whomever that they need to reboot the practice and bring back the practice. I miss the it, practice. Well, it could be that. It could also be that he is the new uh, Eric Bogosian, and he, not Eric Bogosian, who's that guy? Eric um, Braden? Who, Don't mention him. You no, got that? no, no. There's this guy who looks kind of like Eric Braden. He was on, he, he was, he was, he became sort of known as the toe sucker on Six Feet Under. Ew. Um, uh, and, and every show he went on after Six Feet Under got canceled. And it's, it's to this day, he's like a show killer. There are certain actors who are show killers. And I fear Dylan may be in danger. If he gets one more show that he, that he gets on and is canceled, he could get that reputation. But you know what? Let's, let's talk about something a little bit cheerier. Thank are goodness, because that toe-sucking thing. Are, are, well, yeah, I mean, toe-sucking, that's a pretty happy <laughs> topic. <laughs> For some, um, but are there shows that you were surprised got picked up? For me, 
I'm, I was shocked that American Crime got picked up. I love that show. I think it's one of the smartest, bravest shows on television with just some... Uh, Felicity Huffman's performance week after week blows me away. But the ratings aren't that good. So I was sort of stunned when it got a second season. That's one of those shows where I had mentioned that something like a Cristela on ABC probably doesn't cost a lot to make and had decent ratings considering that, didn't get renewed. And American Crime, which I would have to think has a significant budget just based upon the stars and, and looking at what they're, they're doing, I'm sort of surprised that when you do that return on, on investment that I mean, I don't know, maybe this is their, uh, I can't think of the word, but maybe this is their prestige. I guess that is their yeah, prestige like piece. Yeah, like That could very well be. Because the other thing is when you look at a Cristela or, you know, Home Improvement, any show like that, that or, you know, uh, well, we'll stick with the Cristela analogy. The other reason I would imagine something like that getting picked up over American Crime is it has rerunability, you know? Um, there, you know, there's, there's no rerunability to American crime. It's, it's not the kind of show that, you know, somebody's going to randomly tune into over the summer if you run an extra episode of it or something. Uh, so yeah, I'm really very, very surprised. Like I said, thrilled, absolutely glad that it was back, but very surprised by it. I wonder if they're going to completely reboot it, sort of like what I would imagine Secrets and Lies will do also on ABC, where they'll try to maybe, you know, bring in mostly an all-new cast for the next season. Well, I believe that is the case. I believe that American Crime was designed to be an anthology, much like, in a weird way, Secrets and Lies. Secrets and Lies will be a completely new show next year. They might keep, you know, like, they might keep the detective. They might keep up Juliette Lewis's character around. They haven't even announced that that I'm aware of. Um, but it'll be, like, you know, a new case. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, American Crime was developed to be the same way. And that's... That's kind of a cool new thing that people have been doing, the anthology with one season being, you know, a story like American Horror mm-hmm. Stories done. Um, there's a new show coming on this year, I think on CBS, but it might be NBC, called Wicked City, which is kind of cool. It's basically, it's a crime drama following one case per season always in L.A., but in different time periods each season. So the first one, I think, is set in, like, the 1950s in L.A. The next one might be in the 1970s. But each season follows one crime story in a different era in L.A. I think that's such a fun, cool idea. We are talking about the 2014-2015 TV seasons with Richard Sims. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. Uh, We're going to move to Fox because Fox really, really tried this season to roll out, I guess, impressive content in the way that they had Grace Point, which was exactly what we're talking about, sort of a contained idea, didn't go anywhere. They had Red Band Society, which was, I guess, their prestige piece, didn't go anywhere. They had the reality series Utopia, which was a huge undertaking. We were going to watch these crazy people live in a society and blah 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 didn't go anywhere it was a big <laughs> hype a lot of expectations and then it went flat and even backstrom which i think had a lot of expectation and it just didn't quite go anywhere oh do you think fox has and of course american idol not going to come back past next season number 15 final year it, it seems too like fox is cutting its losses 
awfully quickly. American Idol still has to, I would imagine, make at least a little bit of money. But the others, I'm surprised that they just didn't just didn't catch on at Fox. Well, Utopia, I mean, okay, no one was more excited about Utopia than I am. That is exactly my kind of show, you know. And then it aired, and I wept. At, I just sat there and thought, who did this? I, I mean, from their just from their host to their to their casting to their setting, absolutely every decision they made was abysmal. It was just mm. it was just bad, bad, bad television. And you would think if you're going to invest in something where you know you're, they were the original plan was this was going to run two or three nights a week for a, an entire year, year round. And, and it, you know, after, after like a month and a half, it was so ridiculed and so bad that they yanked it off the air. Um, but we have to also remember that Fox gave us Empire, which was yes. the hit of the season. It was Absolutely. an unexpected hit. Um, I haven't seen the ratings yet for last night's premiere of Wayward Pines, but Wayward Pines is another one of these shows we're talking about that, you know, is sort of breaks the rules and is, is, it's being sold as, as a limited event, but I suspect that if it's, if it's successful, they'll do the same thing that CBS did with Under the Dome, where suddenly yeah. what was supposed to be this, you know, 10-episode show goes on and well, people stop. I think we may have lost Richard. Hopefully he'll call back. I'm going to quickly, before we go to commercial, talk about Catherine Heigl's State of Affairs. Big hype didn't really make it in the ratings. So I'm wondering, for those of you out there who care, should Katherine Heigl put her tail between her legs and ask to go back to Grey's Anatomy? That's something for you to think about. I am going to go on Periscope. Don't ask me why we're doing this. I don't even know if you're watching. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Crawl Call. We'll be talking about what's ahead for the new season. Yes, we're talking about it already. Stay tuned because Crawl Call will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? Well, for 20 years now, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. You can take a peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with other soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll know who's left with who, who's related to who, and of course, who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, there are exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much, much more. So whether you're watching The Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, or The Bold and the Beautiful, or if you're reflecting on some of the soaps that are no longer with us, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Oh, hello there, non-periscopers, and even those of you who are periscoping with me. Welcome back to Crow Call. I'm your host, Dan Crow. We are talking about television this hour. In case you can't tell, we don't have a script because this is a show that we weren't necessarily going to do. I'm joined again. He's back from the static. Richard Sims. Richard, where did you go? 
What happened? Did you go? It was terrifying. It was absolutely <laughs> terrifying. All of a sudden, I was surrounded by white noise, and I felt like maybe I was on Twin Peaks or something. But I found my way back. Carol Ann guided me back into the light, and uh, and here I am. Richard, if you can hear me, oh, move don't towards do that. the. Don't do that. Okay. No. Don't do that. Also, no. you know what else we didn't talk about that um, was was something I wanted to talk about, so I'm going to talk about scandal. Uh, last night's scandal, I swear, it was as if it was the season. It was as if they thought the season, the series was ending. They wrapped up everything. Well, there was one little tiny cliffhanger, but, uh, but you know, involving Huck and Quinn, but everything else, I mean, you know, they wrapped up their big bad, they wrapped up their, their romantic triangle. It, it was, it, it would have served as a perfect final episode. Uh, it was, it was as tight as Revenge's final episode. But it wasn't and meanwhile, because- Grey's, Grey's Anatomy to me was just sort of like they thought they had another week to, to do. There wasn't really anything. They danced it out. That would have been, again, maybe a series finale if you brought in some people who from the past wasn't a cliffhanger not really making anybody want to tune in to the new season well, sorry that sort of is not a big surprise Grey's Anatomy doesn't always go for the big cliffhanger they sure often they do, do. Oh, sometimes they do but they don't always they often end on emotional notes and this really was sort of you know, this was really emotional turning point. I mean, we had, you know, April and April and Jackson with her wanting to go overseas. We had Karev and Joe saying, I love you for the first time. We had Richard and Catherine getting married. I mean, they played, I, I think they felt like they had done this big emotional beat with Derek dying a few weeks earlier. And so this was almost, it was almost like an emotional catharsis. We really kind of spent time with these people and, and saw where they were at this point in their life. I thought it was, I actually thought it was a lovely season finale. I was, I, I was, I didn't need a big cliffhanger after everything we've been through over the last couple of weeks. I disagree. I'm right. It's my show. I wanted That's more. Your show. You're always right. I didn't care You're about Alex. Always right. Alex and his girlfriend. To show you how much I don't care, I don't even know what her name is. I haven't learned her name because I just don't care for her. Sorry, Well, the problem with Alex and Joe, and her name is Joe. Is is it really? Yeah, I like that. As as Charlie pointed out, the problem with them is that um, we we haven't spent any time with them. Like, they got together and we know they're dating, but we haven't really spent any time getting to know them as a couple. Um, you know, and that's a problem we see on soaps all the time, where all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're supposed to be invested in a couple, but we've never actually seen them a- 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 acting together as a couple. That's, that's exactly what the problem for me was with Joe and Alex. Hmm. Well, for those of you who are so inclined, you can weigh in on what you think about the Grey's Anatomy finale. Tweet me, at Curl Call Show, at Dan J. Curl, hashtag Curl Call. We can talk about that. I want to talk about some of these new shows that are coming out, and I can't believe yeah. we're talking about them already when we're not even done with the season. But the one that I'm most looking forward to, and it's, it goes back to my whole corniness that we talked about earlier, oh, The no. Muppets. The Muppets. Oh, it yes. looks so much fun. Were you, when you heard that ABC was doing a remake of The Muppets, and then you heard that it was going to be sort of a little bit more of an adult version of The Muppets than we've seen in the past, I don't know about you, but I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified until the trailer dropped. And when the trailer dropped, I, I was absolutely floored. I thought it was, I thought if they can do what they do in this three-minute trailer, if they can do that every week, I am going to be a happy camper. I wasn't actually nervous because I didn't think that they were going to do anything like, uh, you know, have 
Gonzo say, but that's not my nose. Like, I didn't expect anything like that. The Muppet movies were a little more adulty. They had things for kids, but most of these shows, I mean, if you watch them as an adult, there you get far more from the things than you do as a kid. You just think that certain things are funny. You don't really get the, the stuff that's behind it. I do hope that they keep it up, that they're able to do that, and that people give it a chance because it isn't, like you're saying, I mean, it isn't for kids. This looks like it has really, really wide-ranging appeal, which I'm excited about. Now, something that I don't know what kind of appeal it has, and you may have to help me with this one. There's a show on Fox. It's called The Grinder. Isn't that one of those naughty date? You know? <laughs> that is the worst name for a show because, yes, that's what everybody I, – I actually don't know what that show is about, but I do know that it's not about the gay dating site, Grinder. You know? so, um, why would you do that? Why would you name your show after a gay – a really, really, really well-known gay dating site or really sex site? You know, but, but I just – I don't understand that. That's, that's – the worst named show since Cougar Town. <laughs> you do know, I, just, well, no. or selfie, or selfie. But do I want to know what I, I was going to say? Do I want to know why they call it the Grinder? No, I probably don't. And for those of you out there, don't tweet me. I don't want to know. Uh, yeah, TMI. That's almost as it bad could, as it could wind up being a great show. No. You know, um, I mean, like selfie. Selfie had a terrible name, but it actually it was quite appealing. I agree with um, that. I was shocked. I was shocked when I tuned in at just how appealing it was. You know, the first episode was a little too self-indulgent, but it was from the same people who did um, Suburbia, or what was it called? Sub, sub, not Suburbia, but it's something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, my gosh. How can I not remember the name of the show? I yeah. loved the show. But anyway, can... from those same people. Yeah. And it was it was quite charming. So my fear is... You know, I It'll love be canceled just I, because of the name. <laughs> well, my fear is I love this time of year. I love upfront season, you know, and finding out what shows got picked <laughs> up and what shows got passed on and all that. But the problem is now that they have picked up these shows, we are going to spend the next five months before these shows debut being inundated with of the course. ads to the point where you don't actually want to see the show because you're sick of it. And I really think they would be wise to pull back on that a little bit. The other problem is that these trailers they released give so much away. Um, it's almost like movie trailers. If you watched the trailer, for example, for NBC's new show, uh, The Family, starring Joan Allen, who I kind of think is miscast, but if you watch that trailer, it tells you like the ent- I guarantee you it gives away everything in the first episode and maybe the second. And so you wind up tuning in to see the first episode and you're kind of bored because you've already seen all the twists in the ads. Well, I agree. I mean, that's, that's why with some of the previews for shows that are still on the air. But we have that. We've talked about upfronts. We've talked about downbacks with <laughs> Grinder. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, but here's some other shows that are, are generating some Buzz, we have uh, over on ABC as well, they're talking about what happens when you've got money and uh, romance and oil all in one. I say it's Dallas. I say it's been done, but they have oil. It's Not really Dallas gonna... without Josh Henderson with Chase Crawford playing, you know, their version of Josh Henderson. It's exactly yeah. what it is. I don't get it. They've got, uh, let's see what else we have. We have Minority Report on Fox, which is uh, based off of the hit movie. I'll be anxious to see how that works. But 
NBC is trying to bring back the Variety Hour. They have Neil Patrick Harris hosting Best Time Ever with, wait for it, Neil Patrick Harris. Do you think, I mean, he's very likable. I mean, not likable enough to get on this show, which, you know, has a, a mark against him. But, I mean, I, I guess it, if, if anyone can do it, I suppose it would be him. But do you think that this really has broad range appeal this is going to be on tuesdays at 10 o'clock that's an odd time for a variety show if anyone can do it you're right it's him but he can't do it because nobody can do it no um it's no it's gonna it's gonna bomb miserably um this is just not something it'll it'll probably have decent numbers the first week because i think you know it'll have the curiosity factor and the tune in factor but it will have no legs whatsoever i mean really They're calling it a variety hour, but it's in a weird way. It's really not that different than what we see on late night. You know, it's not that different from, you know, a David Letterman or something like that, where you have a variety of guests, you have a couple of performances. It just, no, I just, I just don't see it. Well, the another thing that NBC is doing, and I just uh, noticed it, Heroes Reborn had a hit with Heroes. They're going to do, a re- again, a reboot, which it seems like it's either a spinoff, it's a reboot, it's a bad name, it's a stolen idea. And even with movies, I don't know at what point do we just admit that there are no longer any original ideas. You know, it's like launching a podcast and just changing, I don't know, a name in the title and making people think that it's original idea, but you've really ripped it off from somebody else who's been doing it for 20 years. <laughs> Zing! Oh, that's, I, I, boy, I hate when that happens. <laughs> you know, um, I don't think it happens, but whatever. You, you think that, but then an original idea comes along, an actual original, you know, show comes along, you know, whether it's Empire or even in movies. Um, there's, this, there's, this new, there's this new movie out um, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, of all people, called Maggie, which is this, like, whole new take on the zombie picture, you know, without blood, without gore, without really zombies. So it's not that there aren't original ideas out there. It's that, it's that whether it's daytime or primetime or movies, executives are terrified of the new because you don't know if you can sell the new. You don't know how to sell the new. What if people don't like it? Whereas when you're doing this, when, you're, when you've got a successful show like CSI and you say, hey, let's, let's do a new show and we'll call it CSI Bumper Cars. We, you know, it's, already got, it's got a built-in sell factor. So, you know, that's, I, think that's, I think that's it. It's not that there aren't new ideas. It's that it's really, really hard to get a new idea out there. I don't know, and we don't really have any more time to try to figure it out. We're down to our final 90 seconds. Richard, let everybody know where they can find you. We've already established if you were to throw a dart at your computer, you would probably find Richard Sims. But in case they don't want to do that, where can they find you? Well, yeah, you don't want to hurt your computer because your computer is your friend. But you can find me at Soaps in Depth ABC, Soaps in Depth uh, CBS. Those are both on Twitter. How rude are you? Facebook, I'm at Facebook.com, Trailfee, T-R-A-L-F-I-E. Or just, you know, ask Dan. He'll tell you where I am. He pretty much knows where I am all the time. (laughs) I'm sharing GPS locations right now on (laughs) Periscope. Not really. But I want to thank everybody out there who is 
tuning in to Kroll Call. Thank you for joining us for this sort of unplanned live broadcast talking about television. We appreciate you being here. We are going to be back next week. We've got a whole lot of different guests coming up next week. I'll be sharing those on Twitter. We do have Riley Bodenstadt, who was supposed to be here today, but again, couldn't because of, of getting a job. That's always a good thing. You can find me on Twitter at Dan J. Kroll or at Kroll Call Show. Find me on Facebook, Dan J. Kroll. I really don't make it hard to find me. We are going to sign off for now, but again, follow us there. Follow Richard. He and I will be continuing our shenanigans offline and on Periscope. Until next time, thanks. And well, we have the new slogan. Richard, listen to this one. The next time the phone rings, pick it up. It could be the Kroll Call. Eh, I still like it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week, everybody. See you next time.